What is up? And welcome in to a very, very positive edition of Post Loons following Minnesota United's 1-0 win at home at Allianz Field against the Seattle Sounders. My name is Jeremy Rushing here, breaking it all down solo. So we're going to need your comments, your questions, your overall thoughts on the match to get us through this uh, this Post Loons here this afternoon. A little bit of an early edition, considering it was a match nay at Allianz. Gotta love those early starts so we can get early post loons. Um, thank you so much to everybody who's joining. If you could, tap that bell for notifications. Give us a thumbs up and uh, make sure you retweet this if you're on Twitter um, so people know that we are live and that we are good to go here for post loons. And it is a big one to talk about. Minnesota United's first ever win against Seattle in MLS. They said on the broadcast, and I haven't had a chance to double check this and see when exactly this was, but they said this is Minnesota's first win against Seattle since they were the Minnesota Thunder down in the, I think the A-League is what it was then. So first MLS win, first win in a very long time, and it's also Seattle's first loss of the season. So a, uh, a huge win all the way around for Minnesota, jumping them back into playoff positioning. Again, if you're watching on the stream, uh, give us a retweet on Twitter. Uh, t- give us a like on a thumbs up on YouTube and make sure you are giving us your questions, your comments, your thoughts on the match tonight. I uh, would love to respond to those, including Dave Valensky says, crank up Wonderwall, crank up Wonderwall, crank up Wonderwall. Indeed. Um, love to hear Wonderwall at Allianz Field following a big Minnesota United win. So let's get right into it uh, and go over my three things from the match, kind of three big takeaways from uh, from this big, big win for Minnesota United. And my first one is that it was a big win, huge win. First time Minnesota has beaten the Sounders in MLS, Seattle's first loss of the season. Not only all of that, but it, that goal from Robin Lode really turned the tide a little bit for Minnesota, I think, in terms of it was, it was kind of offensively a bad run of play there the entire match through against Colorado, you know, no shots on goal up until that point here against Seattle. And yet here we are one nil, a huge home win. It, it immediately kind of flips your line of thinking and flips your way of feeling about this team, right? Pretty down leading up to that goal. A lot of missed opportunities are going to give away more points, but one goal turns the entire ship around, and now it's nothing but good vibes following this win over Seattle. Uh, a big key contributor to that, which is my second thing here, midfield quality. The Loons did extremely well to continuously, and time and time again, dispossess Seattle in the midfield and start the attack the other way. That's what led to so many you know, potential opportunities is the fact that Seattle just could not hold on to the ball. They were very careless. Now, I want to put that out. Seattle was extremely careless with the ball today. But when you look at the reasoning for that, it was the continuous pressure being put on by the midfield. Um, defensive midfield, even the wingers getting involved. Um, excellent work all the way around to sort of keep that possession and continuing to, to give Minnesota chances to score. And eventually, one of those chances led to one going to the back of the net, as you would hope it would, uh, leading to that win. Uh, And my final thing, another clean sheet. This to me was, was, it was vintage Minnesota United in a way, uh, because this is kind of 
if you look at 2019, for example, that's the kind of specific year I always like to refer back to. That's kind of how Minnesota United would win matches. Uh, defensive work, good goalkeeping, grind it out, keep the other team scoreless, and then just find a, find a goal near the end to get three points. That is how they won a lot of matches in 2019, and that's kind of how I feel like they won tonight is, uh, again, sort of just, just grinding it out, you know, overcoming a lot of those, uh, I don't want to say bad vibes, but overcoming just a lot of uh, maybe the doubts. And, uh, you know, as, as you go, go now almost 180 minutes without a goal, very low shots on goal during that, during that regard, um, yet you find a way to grind it out, you keep Seattle scoreless, and you put one in the back of the net. Uh, right, right before the end of the match, there uh, to give yourself three points. Um, handful of saves from Tyler Miller. He was excellent tonight. Great work defensively. Brett Coleman there getting in, involved in the action at the end with a uh, kind of a full stretch uh, interruption of a of a cross from Seattle, leading to a clearance. Uh, just great work defensively and goalkeeping all the way around. Uh, really, kind of what helped drive that clean sheet, and eventually uh, Minnesota United comes out with the three points. So, what are your big takeaways from the match tonight? That's what I want to know. Hit me up. Uh, give me a question or a comment or a thought on the match tonight. Um, they're in the chat. Also, if you are looking, uh, you know, to help support us, um, giving us a thumbs up on the YouTube uh, feed would be great. And then giving us a little bit of a retweet there on Twitter would be awesome as well. Would really, uh, would really love that. It's, it's huge. It's like an algorithm thing. So, um, yeah. Let's get into this though. Let's uh, let's get into this match and get into the game notes here. And it really all started as I scroll down to the game notes, in the eighth minute. As the Loons force a turnover in their attacking third, Fragapane sends a nice little ball into Hunu. He mishits the one-timer. Um, Adrian Hunu has been one... Uh, uh, he's He's been, been great in terms of getting himself into solid goal-scoring chances, but has kind of been the common theme with Minnesota whole. They have not done a good job of finishing, and neither has Adrian Hunu in the early going. So he's been, though... Like, like, as we mentioned in previous episodes, he has been one of the most um, active uh, strikers that we've seen from Minnesota United in terms of being dangerous in the box, getting goal-scoring opportunities, getting yourself in position to score. He has done excellent at that, but it's just been the finishing where it's been the issue. And we saw that right there, right off the bat in the eighth minute. If you're just tuning in, uh, questions, comments, thoughts, love your, uh, your takeaways on the game tonight, whether you're watching on Twitter or on YouTube, definitely hit us up there. I'm um, just going through these game notes here, though. Um, 14th minute, this was chippy the entire time, right? You had so many instances, got a little uh, got a little haywire, a lot of jaw jack, a lot of putting and shoving. Um, and it started there in the 14th minute. Who knew it gets taken down to the box by Yamar? No call. And I want to talk about this for a second because, yes, I do fully see and understand the actual shove itself is not – aggressive it was not uh, a hard shove by any means but i think there should have been a, a, a penalty and here's why it there was no play on the ball none by yamar all he did and 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 unu did not dive at all there was no dive from unu but it was just that little forearm in the back and while it was just the little forearm in the back it there again there was no attempt to play the ball all he was trying to do was take down Anu in that situation. And you cannot reward that if you're the ref. Like, you cannot kind of allow that to go unpunished, in my opinion. If that's outside the box, nine times out of ten, that's called a foul. And that's kind of where, where I stand on that. If, if you're going to call it a foul outside the box, you should call it a foul inside the box. That's kind of my personal advantage point. I know some people would disagree, but that's kind of where I stand on that. 
that's why I thought that uh, that situation with Yamar and Nunu should have been a penalty. Um, I do understand that, you know, those that say it just wasn't a hard shove, wasn't worthy of a foul. You know, okay, I'll acknowledge that. Uh, but at the same time, I do disagree, and I do think it, it should have been a foul. But anyways, it was not a foul, so we stay scoreless. No penalty given there. Uh, four minutes later, Yamar getting in a, uh, the fray again, taking down Gasper. Seems to sort of, I don't know if he purposely stepped on him. I don't think he did, but kind of inadvertently almost stepped on him or did step on him. And Gasper gets up hot, like right up in Yamar's face. Uh, Yamar is issued a yellow for his efforts. Um, so then you have two players for Seattle then on yellows in the first 20 minutes of this match. Uh, very, you know, that, that kind of puts them on the back foot. And if you're Minnesota United, you start to, th- you start to think, okay, this is, uh, you know, this is something we can take advantage of. 31st minute, Minnesota earns a free kick just outside the 18. Reynoso, so close. I mean, hits the top netting with the shot. I retweeted Nate Pence on Twitter, who got a really good vantage point from the Minnesota Wonderwall uh, you know, section straight across the field on that. Um, and a really good, really good view of that, really good vantage point of that. Just skims right over the bar, hits the top netting. Uh, really good free kick taken by Reynosa, to be honest, just a little bit off the mark. Uh, 37th minute, DeBossi flicks a corner kick onto the far post. This was Minnesota's best chance of the, of the night, but it's just, just too high for Reynoso. Couldn't get up enough to put it on goal. Um, that's the one where your kind of heart sinks, your heart drops a little bit. You kind of get the, you know, the little, the little breath in, uh, but uh, eventually, you know, comes to nothing, comes to a goal kick. Um, so we stay scoreless there. And then the final note I have here on the first, on the first half, Jimmy Madranda gets a through ball and toe pokes a shot on goal, but it's well within the reach of Tyler Miller, who, as we already mentioned, had a great game tonight. So those are the game notes on the first half. Uh, moving into the second here, 45th minute, Rui Diaz sends in a curling shot from outside the 18. Miller makes a great outstretched shit, outstretched save. Uh, the early portion of the second half, Seattle seemed to really sort of find their footing and get and get quite a few chances. Um, I, I was watching the match with my fiance, and I told her, I'm like, there, I, I thought for sure Seattle was going to get a goal there because the tide was turning. You know, Minnesota couldn't take advantage of their opportunities in the first half, and you just felt with Seattle starting to, you know, get some uh, get some mojo going, kind of get some of the momentum going their way, that they were going to be able to capitalize. But credit to Minnesota United's defense and their midfield, too, as we mentioned. Really keeping those quality chances few and far between for Seattle and not breaking when Seattle was kind of making that initial second half press, right? They really, those first 10 minutes or so of the second half, Seattle, you, you could tell, was really trying to press and really trying to grab a goal and trying to steal the game, basically. And the the defense from Minnesota United, the midfield, continuing to dispossess Seattle and not necessarily even letting them, kind of nipping their any attack that they had in the bud. Uh, it, it was really good team defending by Minnesota United all, all game long, but most importantly in that first section of the second half to really sort of uh, you know mitigate whatever whatever Seattle was trying to accomplish there. Uh, that continued, though, in the 46th minute. Seattle sends a cross in. Sestoko gets a foot on one from point-blank range. Miller's completely off balance here. Miller's going to his right, and the the uh, the, uh, the foot, the, the Sissoko shot, wow. Sissoko shot was going into the other side of the post. So Miller would, had no chance of getting to it. Luckily, Franco Fragapane is there to clear it off the line and keep the game scoreless. Uh, I, th- I thought that ball was going in when I saw Miller go in the opposite direction. Luckily, Fragapane was there. Uh, 58th minute, numbers forward for the Loons. DJ Taylor has some space, rips a shot 
from distance, but it's wide of the post. And that's when the frustration, I think, started to set in, at least for me, about the sh- you know lack of shots on goal. You know, it, uh, Kendra, which shout out to Kendra Dice and Aubin getting that national match for uh, ESPN, even though it was Minnesota United getting on the national broadcast. That's great for her. Well-deserved. She's such an awesome color commentator. Uh, but she was talking about and and uh, I don't remember. I don't know the play by play guy's name, uh, but they were kind of talking about the common theme all game long. Lack of shots on goal and that 58th minute shot from DJ Taylor had plenty of space, had a clear view of the post, pulled it wide. Uh, that's when he started to think, man, is this is this ever going to happen? Are we going to get a shot on goal at all in this match? That really started to kind of be a, a prevailing theme there up until that goal. Um, 75th minute, Ari- Ariaga heads one in the back of the net. Um, you thought Seattle goes up 1-0 um, off of a really nice free kick. Nice set piece there from Seattle. But if, upon further review, Ariaga is offside. The flag goes up. The crowd goes crazy. Um, and that Kendra said it, wake-up call. That that needed to be a wake-up call for Minnesota. And I think it was. Because it was really after that point where they started, they found another gear to kind of continue the attack and continue to find goal-scoring opportunities. Um, And I think it was Adrian Heath's sub that also played a factor into that. Adrian Heath has been very maligned due to his substitutions, the way he subs, lack of subs, whatever. But you have to admit... Taking off Adrian Nunu, bringing on Nico Hansen to play the right wing, and moving Robin Lowe to the nine likely made the difference in this match. It did. It was a great substitution from Heath, um, and I do think he deserves a lot of credit for that. 78th minute, long ball finds Lude, who's in behind the defense, but he's taken down before he can get a shot off. Everyone and their mother, everyone on the all the Minnesota United players, the entire crowd, me and my fiance from the couch, we're we're begging for VAR. We're begging for them to take a look. We're begging for it to get called a penalty, but to no avail. But two minutes later, as Patrick Wea tweeted, ball don't lie. 80th minute. Hansen gets deep in the box, pulls the defenders towards him is able to get a pass through. The pass was deflected a little bit, and you thought maybe it wasn't going to happen, but it just just a little little touch did not affect it really much at all. Finds the finds the feet of Lude, taps it in. Suddenly it's 1-0 Minnesota, and the complete perception of the match, Minnesota's run of form recently, the outlook for the rest of the season, it all changes. It all swings on that one play. And look who it was. Nico Hansen subbed on. Robin Lode moved to the nine. Hansen to Lode for the goal. That's the second time this year they've connected on a goal. And uh, really, really good stuff uh, there uh, for Minnesota. Beautiful goal to go up 1-0. 85th minute, Finlay on for Fragapane. Alonzo on for Reynoso to shut the door. Um, this is the situation where you want Ozzy Alonzo on. Um, when, when the match is level, when you're down, um, I'm not sure how much impact an Ozzy Alonso sub makes, to be honest. Uh, I think we have seen, I think it's safe to say, based off the sample size that we've seen, that uh, Ozzy Alonso coming on when Minnesota United has the advantage or is looking for, for a goal is, um, or when Minnesota United is either level or behind, whether or not, when Minnesota United is looking for a goal, an Ozzy Alonso substitution doesn't necessarily impact that very much. But when you're up 1-0 and you're looking to shut the door over the last 10 minutes or so, that's a really good time to bring Ozzy Alonso on. 
and he comes on for Reynoso there in the 85th. And then in the 88th, uh, the last real chance for Seattle. Uh, it's the local boy, Brent Coleman, going full stretch in the box, interrupting that cross. DeBossi makes the clearance, and Minnesota United sees it out. One thing I do want to mention, I liked how after the goal, Minnesota did not just park the bus. They, even after the goal, they still had the lion's share of possession. They still had a majority of the chances after the goal, too. Um, they had they had a couple chances to add another after the first. So they did not sit back. They did not sit on their heels. They kept pressing, kept pushing, uh, kept finding possession and getting themselves in good goal-scoring opportunities, which I think is your best defense in that scenario. Keep possession. Keep the ball on the other side of the field. You know, don't sit back and just, you know, get bombarded by shots and crosses and opportunities and set pieces and whatever. It, the more you can keep possession and the more you can keep the other team on their heels, the better off you're going to be. As long as you keep guys back, you know, if you get caught on a counter, you don't want to necessarily have full numbers forward, obviously. Uh, but it really is, I think, your best scenario, especially with Minnesota United. I think they've proven that their best scenario when looking to see a game out is to keep possession and keep pushing forward. Uh, and they did that tonight and uh, sought the game through. And 1-0 is your final from Allianz Field. Awesome stuff. Dave Valensky says 26% on target is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it was the common theme, right? Minnesota United's lack of uh, shots on goal. Um, I'm on MLS ref suck. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a very good officiating performance tonight. I think it's the second straight game where officiating hasn't necessarily, I think, been up to the standard that that pro and MLS should expect of their officials. Um, so I'm kind of with you there, Dave. But as far as the shots on target, shots on goal, yeah, I do think there is something to that. And I do think you need to consider it a concern as you're moving forward for Minnesota because while you won tonight, big win against a really good team at home, the, the sample size says it's not going to work out in your favor, right? Moving forward, if you continue to shoot 20%, 15% on target over the course of matches, it's it's not necessarily going to be advantageous for you moving forward, right? So I do think it's something that Minnesota United needs to look at because their attacking presence is too good to be shooting at that kind of clip. So it's something they need to look at and and some I don't know if any changes need to be made in terms of personnel, but I think attitude, mindset, um, how they go about their business on the attacking side does need to change a little bit in terms of uh, you know trying to take advantage of more of those opportunities. Because uh, in, in a normal circumstance, you would look at this and say, this should have been 2-0, 3-0 Minnesota United. Absolutely, I think. Um, leaving goals on the table is something that they have done quite a bit this season. And uh, they did so again tonight. But luckily, they keep the clean sheet and come away with a 1-0 win. So that's... Uh, that's really good. Obviously, that's what you want to see from Minnesota United. Uh, coming up Saturday the 24th. So no weekday match this week. They're back at it Saturday uh, for a primetime match against Portland at home. Uh, and that's another big one. And then at LAFC on Wednesday the 28th and at Vancouver on July 31st. If you're just tuning in or haven't been tuning in since the beginning, give us a thumbs up on the stream. Make sure you are uh, you know, commenting any questions, comments, or thoughts on the match tonight. Would love to get your feedback on the 1-0 Minnesota United win. If you're watching on Twitter, Periscope, whatever you want to call it, uh, give us a retweet too. Uh, that would be great. Jeremy Rushing here, going to be with you for a few more minutes. Quick post loons today um, as we you know, have the Sunday afternoon edition. Um, breaking down Minnesota United's 1-0 win. 
Uh, I do want to give a couple more individual shout outs. DJ Taylor, another great performance at the back for Minnesota. Um, you know, I think as he goes on, he will get better in attack in terms of being that defender who can also do something in attack because he's had a couple opportunities in the first couple matches. Um, you know, shots haven't been anywhere close to on target. But from a defensive standpoint, which is when you bring him on in a situation where you need to bring DJ Taylor into, into the match, you really only want him to do one thing, and that's defend and provide quality at the back line. He has done that in spades those first couple matches. That's been awesome. Brett Coleman on the back line has been fantastic too. Uh, Bakaya Debasi, first match back, I thought he was great, especially considering he made a huge, huge error and a mistake a couple matches back, um, costing Minnesota United a goal. Um, I think uh, I think he bounced back really well tonight. I think Chase Gasper played really well tonight too. Um, I think just if you look along the defensive midfield and the back line specifically, there's just a lot of quality today. Will Trap, obviously, uh, Hassani Dotson, right? I think all all six of those guys played excellent as a as a unit in defense tonight, and I think that's really what led Minnesota United to their one nil win. Um, this is a quick one, guys. So if you don't have any more questions or comments, we'll go for a couple more minutes here. I uh, do want to give a huge, huge shout out to our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Don't forget, $35 unlimited pickup. So if you want to play some pickup soccer and you want to do it often, Night Street Soccer and Coffee is your place. It's indoor, rain or shine. Uh, they will keep the garage doors open, though, if it's nice out. So you get still, even though it's indoor, if it's a nice day, you're going to get that indoor-outdoor type of vibe there. It's going to kind of feel like you're playing outside with the roof over your head, though, even if it's raining. So um, hit up Night Street Soccer at NightStreetMPLS.com to inquire about that $35 unlimited pickup membership. If you don't want to do the unlimited, that's totally fine. Weekly pickup sessions are just 5 bucks a piece. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 p.m. Don't forget about that lunchtime pickup, though. Noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Get signed up early, 9thStreetMPLS.com. Their next watch party could be for the LAFC match on uh, July 28th. Don't quote me on that because that's going to be a late start. Um, but they don't do them for the home matches. They really only do them for away matches. So find out all the info at 9thStreetMPLS.com. Also, Twitter and Instagram, at 9thStreetMPLS. Follow them there to get all the details on all this great stuff. The guys at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee are awesome. Derek, one of the owners there, is a great guy. And uh, it's um, it's really it's it's cool. I'm so grateful for their support, that they're supporting Post Loons. And they're supporting us the way they are. Um, really, really grateful for it. Um, Dave Valensky says, I thought Boxall being called up to the New Zealand team for the Olympics was kind of weird. I always thought the rule was 24 and younger. Um, there are exceptions. You can have a few, I don't know how many spots there are on the team, but there are a few uh, exemption spots for that age limit. So you can have a few older guys. And again, I don't know how many, um, but you know that's that's the reason why Boxall would have been able to be called up. Super unfortunate timing for that injury. That I just feel so incredibly bad for, for Boxall. That's such an honor to represent your country in the Olympics. It would have been so awesome for us to watch him, obviously, in the Olympics too. Um, that's a dream, right? To represent your country like that on that kind of stage. No Olympics last year. It's delayed. Then you finally get the call up, and then you get injured at the worst possible time. Um, Boxall was questionable tonight. Obviously, he did not. He wasn't able to get in there. Um, so we'll see what his future looks like. Uh, you know, the near future looks like for him in a Minnesota United uniform um, in terms of, not, not future in a uniform, that 
totally misspoke there. Uh, but just in terms of the future and when he's going to be able to come back for Minnesota off that injury, um, not having a weekday game this week really does help, right? Um, he gets a little bit more time to rest up. So we'll see what his availability is for Saturday. Um, Cause again, that's a big one against Portland. If you can have box all back in the lineup for that, um, that's going to be huge. Um, just to continue what we saw today. I think vintage Minnesota United may be the way that this Loons team wins games. I know they expected to be sort of a far cry from that with the well-rounded roster and the attacking pieces they have in place. But if they're going to keep shooting at this clip in terms of shots versus shots on goal, they may need to lead from the back like they have done like they did in 2019, like they did last year. Um, you know, the successful Minnesota United teams that we've seen over the last couple of years have led from the back. And Minnesota may need to do that again the rest of the season if they're going to be successful, which is kind of weird to say, but that formula worked tonight, and we'll see what what they can do moving forward. Um, if there are no more questions or comments in the stream, I really appreciate everyone for watching on a Sunday afternoon. I know there's a million better things to do. Super hot outside. I think the girls and I are going to go to a splash pad here after we're done. Uh, so really big win tonight. Thank you so much for watching Post Loons. Um, hopefully we'll be back Saturday night with a co-host. We'll love that. Maybe Grant or um, Andrew McCracken or, or somebody can get on with me so we can break down what we hope to be another Minnesota United win Saturday against Portland. Thank you for watching. If you're listening on the podcast afterwards, thank you for doing so. And we will catch you Saturday for another edition of Post Loons presented by our good friends at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your week. And uh, we'll see you Saturday.